have you ever had something so good that you just couldn't keep it to yourself? Okay, maybe you're the kind of person when you see a really great show, you just have to tell everybody else about it because you, you want them to experience it as well. Or maybe when you make a great recipe, you just want to share that and have as many people experience it as possible. I think for me, when I hear a great story or have a great story to tell about something that I've experienced in life, I just can't keep it to myself. I just love the delight of being able to share really great things and great stories with the people around me. And as Christians, we know that there's nothing greater than Jesus. We recognize that in the fullness of his presence is something that can't be found anywhere else. In Jesus, we have a loving friend and companion who will walk with us through every moment and every circumstance and every experience of life. We have the almighty, all-powerful, all-wise God living in us and through us in the person of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus, we have life that goes all through this life, past death, and into the fullness of eternity. We have all of this in Jesus. And in Jesus, we find someone who sees us in all the fullness of who we are, the good and the bad and the ugly, and who loves us unconditionally anyways. And that creates this deep space of belonging that our hearts long for. But also in Jesus, we have someone who's not content to leave us in our places of brokenness, but he keeps on leading us forward into fullness and freedom and life. There is nothing like the presence of Jesus. And it's just so good, we can't possibly keep it to ourselves. And so as a church, God has called us to be a people who make Jesus known. And last week we talked about all of what it means that we make Jesus known to the deepest places of our hearts and our minds and our souls. We make Jesus known to the fullness of our existence, surrendering all of who we are to Jesus so that his life can flow in us and through us. And today we get to talk about this really good gift and trust that God gives to us to make him known throughout this city and this world. So let's pray together as we start off today. Our loving God, our Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for loving us, for seeing us, for welcoming us into your presence. We thank you, Lord, that you keep moving us forward into deeper and richer places with you. Jesus, today we pray for clarity and for strength. We pray you would guard and protect and shield these moments that nothing would hinder our capacity to experience all the fullness and the wonder of what you want for us in this time. Give us a vision of the goodness of who you are and the mission that you've called us into. In Jesus' name, amen. Before we dive totally into the message this morning, I just want to affirm, if you haven't had a chance to engage with last week's message, make sure that you do so. It's really important for us to, to navigate the idea of making Jesus known to all of us and making Jesus known to the world as well. It's just a really critical process to have these two things mesh together. Because if we go out and we try and make Jesus known to the world around us without first making him known to our own souls and to our own existence, what will inevitably happen is we won't be as successful as we could be because we'll be trying to do it in our own strength and in our own capacity, and it just won't go the way that it possibly could. And also we'll end up being fairly hypocritical because our lives won't match the things that we're saying. And it just really makes sense. If we're gonna make Jesus known to the world all around us, we need to first make him known to the depths of our hearts and our mind and our souls. And there's really no witness more powerful than a life that has lived fully devoted to Jesus with the presence and power of God flowing in us and through us. There's nothing more compelling than that. And so again, we want to make sure that we keep this calling to make Jesus known to all of us, perfectly intermeshed with Jesus calling to us to make him known to the world around us as well. So let's dive into our message together today. 
Again, there's no getting around the fact that Jesus calls every single one of us who is following him and pursuing him to be a part of making him known to the world around us as well. It's not an option to just keep the goodness of what we know in Jesus fully to ourselves. And we see this modeled in Jesus' life. Again, Jesus lived constantly on mission. Everywhere that he went, he was telling people about the Father. He was revealing the heart of the Father to us. He was moving people forward into the goodness and the life of the kingdom of God. And to his followers also, he instructs and guides us that this is a part of what it means to be a disciple. This is a vital part of what it means to be a follower of Jesus is that we also are helping other people come to know him and walk with him as well. Now, there's lots of passages we could have looked at for this because there's so many of them where Jesus commissions us, but I want to look at a really famous one that many of us probably know fairly well. And so today, let's look at Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 and 20. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Now, in this passage, Jesus is remarkably clear. This is a vital part of his calling for every single one of us who walks with him is that we would be a part of making him known all around the world to people everywhere, to everyone that we possibly could come in contact with. We get this chance to make Jesus known. And this isn't just about leading someone to a one-time moment of prayer. This is about inviting them into a life of discipleship. A life where they're learning and growing and walking in an intimate relationship with Jesus, where they can flourish and thrive with him in this life and through all the goodness of eternity. And we get this gift that as we are walking with Jesus, we can pull others along with us wherever we are and teach them and instruct them and guide them and tell them everything that we know about what it means and looks like to follow Jesus. We get this beautiful gift of doing this together. And we get to baptize each other. And baptism is this powerful public proclamation that we belong to Jesus. We are saying to the world, seen and unseen, that we are committed to him, that Jesus is real, that he is alive, that he is moving and working in us. It's a vital moment in our walk with him. And again, if you're here or online and you haven't been baptized yet and you're a follower of Jesus, please reach out to us and connect with us because our next baptism service, as Michael said, is on Thanksgiving and it's going to be amazing. And this is a vital step in moving forward with Jesus. And so Jesus doesn't really give us an option. He says that if we're going to walk with him, if we're going to be his disciples, a vital part of what he's calling us and inviting us into is to be a part of this beautiful movement of welcoming others into this journey as well. Let's just think about that for a minute. God trusts me and he trusts you and he trusts us with the eternal destiny of people around us. Most of the people who are around us who don't yet know Jesus will only hear about him through us. And God places their life and their eternity firmly in our hands and says, I'm entrusting you with this mission of making me known to them. This is an amazing privilege that we get to see people know Jesus and find him, that eternities can be changed forever and ever and ever through the things that we get to do but it's also a tremendous trust. And we want to be faithful to walk through this really well. And as soon as I talk about this idea of making Jesus known and sharing our faith with people around us, the immediate feeling for almost all of us is a sense of guilt. We just feel guilty because we know there's so much more we could be doing and should be doing and we don't know how to do it. 
And mostly we are held back and we're restricted by our internal questions and our feelings of insecurity and our sense of uncertainty about how to do this really well. And part of what I love about Jesus is he always just knows what to do. And so Jesus challenges us and looks at a few of the things that we would really question and gives us the answers right in this passage. Again, we so often feel like we don't know what to do. We feel inadequate. We feel like we're in the middle of a culture that tells us there is no real truth, and who are you to tell me that there is one? And sometimes we feel a bit sheepish, and we feel a bit afraid to really go boldly and share the truth of Jesus. But Jesus says to us, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Jesus says he holds all authority. He holds every right through all of the universe to rule and to reign. He has every right to speak and to act and to do whatever it is that he wants to do. And Jesus says, I am sending you. And so even though we feel small and we feel inadequate and we feel insecure and we feel like we maybe don't have a right to speak into the lives of people around us, Jesus says to us, I am sending you. And so we go on this errand with the full authority of God Almighty. We do this errand because God himself has called us to and he's inviting us into the fullness of the authority that he has given to us to make him known to everyone everywhere. And again, we so often feel like we just don't have the time. We think, where on earth would I find the time to be able to make disciples of every nation everywhere? We are so full with work and family and school and recreation and hobbies and friends and grocery shopping and all the errands that need to be done and all the volunteer opportunities that we have. We are so very full with all of these things. Where would we find the time? But Jesus says to us, therefore, go. And the word that Jesus uses for go can be translated as, as you go. And Jesus is giving us this really interesting invitation. He's saying to us, as you go about the life that I have given to you, with work and friends and family and school and recreation and all these things, as you go about this life, live open and available to the presence of God. Live open and available to the ways that he wants you to be actively involved with making him known to the people all around you in all of these different facets of your life. It's not a radical shift at first. It is this just awareness and openness to just say, Jesus, where and when and to whom do you want me to make you known within the context of the life that you have given to me? Another pastor in my life has encouraged me to keep praying whenever I'm out grocery shopping or doing errands or weeding in the garden or uh, just out for a walk to just pray as often as I can remember and just say, Jesus, what kind of opportunities are you giving to me in these moments? I want to be fully available to you. And then just see who Jesus interacts with me with. And again, maybe we're not going to you know, lead someone to Jesus every single day, but maybe today someone just needs to be seen. Maybe someone needs to be listened to. Maybe today Jesus will guide you to ask just the right question to help this person open their heart and their mind and their life to what they're going through. Maybe Jesus will open the door so that you can tell someone how good he has been to you. Maybe he'll move you just a little bit further. Maybe he'll give you an opportunity to pray with someone or to explain the gospel to them. We have no idea what God is doing all in the world around us, and he just invites us to just walk with him as we go about the life that we have been given, to just live fully open and available, saying, Jesus, who do you want me to engage with and how far do you want me to go? 
And then so often we just feel really like we're not sure what to do. We're profoundly afraid. We're afraid of saying the wrong thing or of doing the wrong thing. We are afraid of feeling small and isolated and lonely and unsure. We're afraid that we'll get into a situation and we will just be significantly over our head. But Jesus says to us, I am with you always, even to the end of the world. And I don't know about you, but I really often feel somewhat inadequate to share my faith, and I am profoundly afraid of saying the wrong thing and messing it up and turning somebody off of Jesus or just really getting it muddled or wrong in the moment. But if I'm with somebody else who is more courageous than I am, if I'm with somebody else who is wiser than I am, who has a better sense of tact and a better sense of knowing what to say, I have a whole lot more courage and I'm willing to step into almost any conversation if I don't have to do it alone. And Jesus says to us, this is exactly what happens. Because Jesus goes with us into every single moment, into every conversation that we'll ever have, into every encounter with anyone that we ever walk into. He is already present in that space. And we never have to do it alone. And Jesus is wiser than I am. Jesus is more courageous than I am. Jesus knows exactly what to say and he knows exactly when to listen. He knows exactly what to do. And so he invites us to step in courageously because we never have to do it alone. Because his presence goes with us into every moment and into every circumstance and into every conversation. And when we get into the conversation and we don't know what to say, we can just toss up one of those silent prayers, Jesus, would you just help me? Help me to know what to say. Help me to know when to listen. Help me to know how to show the truth of who you are to this person that I love and this person who's in my life. And in every one of those moments, Jesus promises that he will be with us. And so we never have to do it alone. I think for me, maybe the most powerful example of this that ever took place in my life was a a long number of years ago. Uh, I was at a church event on a Tuesday evening, and a very large man came in. Again, like he was like massive, I don't know, like six something. He was a really big guy. You know, one of those guys where his biceps are like the size of my head. It was that kind of an experience. So this guy walks into church, and he's very emotional. He's like overwhelmingly emotional, and he's very high. Like he's on a lot of drugs as he walks into church that evening. A couple of the elders were there with him talking, and so one of the elders decide to be like, you should talk to the pastor. And so they bring me in to have a conversation with this guy, and then they walk away kind of waving, smiling, good luck, and kind of move on from there. I know these elders would never do that to me. Thank you. Um, And I'm kind of like sitting in this conversation with this guy. I realize he's not in a space to really process life and the deep things that he's working through. I'm not sure if he'll remember me tomorrow. Uh, And so we just have a bit of a conversation. I get some information from him to be able to follow up with him. We pray together, and he heads off. And then the next morning... I just can't get this guy out of my head. And I just know I've got to reach out to him. I've got to have a conversation with this guy. So I I call the number that he's given me, but there's no answer. And I know I can just feel the presence of God saying, you need to go to this guy's house. He told you where he lives. You've got to go. I'm like, I don't want to go. I feel a little bit nervous, a little bit unsure. He's like, you've got to go. You've got to have a conversation. So I go. I knock on the guy's door. Eventually, he answers the door, lets me in. We head down into his basement, and we begin to have a conversation about his life. He starts to talk to me about the addiction that he's caught in and the things that he's using and how it's going. He explains to me that he's not only using, he's also distributing, um, and a number of other facets and aspects of his life. This is a really intense conversation, and I'm beginning to feel a little bit uncomfortable because I'm, I'm really out of my depth. I'm like, I'm not quite sure what to do. Like, I, you know, I hardly know what drugs are. I don't know that I'm equipped to really talk through all of these different things. And then the guy just looks at me and says, so we talked about it last night. He's like, so what did Jesus do? 
what does Jesus do for me? And I had this beautiful moment to just really simply explain, you know, we all know there's lots of evil and broken things in the world. We recognize the things that we've done that are really wrong. And somebody's got to pay for that. And so instead of us having to pay for it, Jesus chose to die so that we don't have to pay the punishment that's rightfully ours for all the evil in our life and in our world. And if we want it, he'll give us a whole new life where we get to live as a part of his family. But it's not just a one-time decision. This is a commitment to give all of our lives to Jesus and have him lead us and direct us the whole way through. As I kind of explained it, not terribly well to this guy, and then he looks at me with this really amazing look that was a combination of hope and shame and fear and desperation, and he just looks at me and says, would Jesus do this for me? And I said, yes, yes he would. And then he says to me, so how do I do that? And I was like, this is amazing. This guy's like leading himself to Jesus. I hardly even need to be here. He's like, he's teaching me how to do this. He's like asking all the right questions. He's moving me forward from point to point. Like, this is amazing. And so I said, well, we just pray together. And I got to lead him through a prayer giving his life to Jesus and talked a bit about like, how does he move forward in life and continue to follow him? And it was this amazing moment of, I didn't do anything. I followed the presence of God. I showed up. I said, yes, Jesus would do this for you. And he led himself to Jesus. And it was this beautiful moment with someone that had I seen him on the street, I never would have assumed that God was doing something powerful and amazing in his life. But as I was willing to take a step into somewhere that I didn't feel totally comfortable, Jesus did some really beautiful things. And again, it doesn't always go that smoothly with me and my new friend. Sometimes it's a longer process where things are difficult and sometimes people reject us and push back against us. Again, part of the reason why I am here this morning is that in my dad's life, when my dad had a coworker who just would never shut up about Jesus, he would just keep talking about Jesus over and over and over again and kept challenging my dad that he needed to know Jesus. And even day after day when my dad would tell me he didn't want anything to do with Jesus and he would sometimes threaten him and just like push him off, he didn't want anything to do with this conversation, this guy just wouldn't give up because he knew that Jesus was calling him to keep witnessing to my dad the truth of who he was. And he wasn't even the guy that got to lead my dad to Jesus, but his role was critical in his journey, and I get to be a part of the blessing of that. And sometimes it goes super smoothly, like me and my new friend in his basement. And sometimes this is a longer journey where people reject us and push back against it, and the Spirit of God pursues them and moves them forward. Again, we're not responsible for the result. All that we are responsible for is to choose to say yes to Jesus and follow him into whatever circumstances and situations he invites us into and just to be willing to see how he moves and works and brings about amazing things. And in our day and age, we have a really interesting and unique opportunity. It used to be that if we were going to go to one of these least reached people groups that we heard about earlier, we would need to get on a plane or a boat and go halfway around the world. But God has done something tremendous for us today the nations of the world have also come to us. And we can bring the truth of Jesus to people who have previously had absolutely no access to him as we talk to other parents at our schools, as we engage with our neighbors, as we shop in the grocery store, as we befriend people who are new to Canada and show them the love of Jesus. We have a unique opportunity to lead them into the presence of Christ where previously they had no one who could have told them the truth of who Jesus is. This is a powerful opportunity that God invites us into. 
And so we do this in our neighborhoods, in our schools. We are willing and open anywhere and everywhere to lead someone into the presence of Jesus, and we are willing to go wherever he calls us to go. And as a church, we are committed to our global partners. We have seven of them who serve Jesus all around the world doing various different things, and we are committed to alliance missions and going to the hardest to reach places because we know that there are multitudes of people who yet have any access to the presence of Jesus. And he is entrusting to us their eternal destinies and inviting us to be a powerful part of the work that he is doing. And so we do this by praying for these people and praying for our international workers. We do this by giving generously to fund the Global Advance Fund and our different, work, our different partnership agreements. And we do this by being willing for whatever it is that God calls us to do. And so if God calls you or your child or your parent or your sibling or your friend to engage with him and go overseas on some kind of mission, let's bless them and let's send them freely and well. Let's not try and hold anyone back from the adventure that God is calling them out into. Let's be faithful and willing to pursue him in whatever it is that he wants of us. And why would we do this? Why would we take these kinds of risks? Why would we step outside our comfort zone? Why would we move forward into things that so often make us feel uncomfortable? And again, we do this first and foremost just because Jesus asks us to. Jesus told, me, told, uh, told us that this is what we are supposed to do, and so we simply do it. And we also do it, as we heard in the video earlier, because Jesus is worthy of it. Jesus is worthy of every single life that possibly can, living in a way that will honor and glorify and serve him because he just deserves it. We want to choose to honor him faithfully and well. But we also recognize that in Jesus calling to us to make him known, there's a profound sense of compassion because Jesus is life and everything that is good radiates out of his presence. And so to deny Jesus and turn away from him or never have the opportunity to receive him means that someone is doomed to a life and an eternal existence separated from all that is good and right and lovely and life-giving. Again, what we have in Jesus is so good that we dare not keep it to ourselves. It would be like sitting in a lifeboat holding on to all of the life jackets when there's people drowning all around us because we're not really sure they want the life jackets and so we don't want to give them to them. Sometimes I think about it like this. Again, if we know Jesus, this is the closest to hell that we will ever get because all of our pain and all of our disappointment and all of our frustration and all of the anguish and the grief that we go through in life is only temporary. It will end one day and we will experience nothing but joy and freedom and hope and peace and an abundant kind of love. But for the people in our lives that we love and care about who don't know Jesus, this is the closest to heaven that they will ever get because all the joy and all the peace and all the hope and all the love that they experience now is only temporary. One day to be replaced with nothing but despair and pain and anguish and uncertainty. And so God calls us urgently to engage with this mission that he is giving to us to make him known everywhere and with everyone that he opens the door for us to engage with because the need is dire and the need is significant. And because of his great love and compassion, he would challenge us to be a church that is powerfully on mission with him in all the places that he invites us into. And we can embrace this calling because we know that Jesus can do anything. Jesus can change any life. Jesus can use us with all of our weaknesses and all of our inabilities and all of our doubts and all of our fears to radically transform the lives and eternities of the people around us. Because there are specific people that God has placed in your life that nobody else can reach.
You are the one who has access. You are the one who has the similar background. You are the one who is, has experiences and wisdom and insight and a personality that connect with those people. And God has placed you strategically exactly where you are so that as you live the life that he has given to you, open and available to him, his life can flow through you and many, many people can find life and hope and freedom and eternity. And we just do this by being open and available to Jesus, trusting in the authority that he's given to us, being willing in any and every situation to be conduits of his presence, and going confidently because we know that Jesus goes with us. We are willing to step cross-culturally within our own community or to move into situations or places where we feel not entirely comfortable because we know that Jesus wants us to and the people around us desperately need him. And we are willing to embrace mission here and all the way around the world because he is calling us into this life-giving adventure together. This is the goodness of who he is. And as a church collectively, we are committed to this. We will continue to support and to send our global partners and hopefully we will continue to send more. But it also means that we need to take seriously the responsibility that God has given to us to change the spiritual climate of the peace region as well. He has entrusted this space and the precious people all around us into our hands. And he's calling us to play an active and a vital role in them experiencing life and freedom and hope and joy and peace now and throughout all of eternity. He's calling us to make him known. And in the days and weeks and months and years to come, we will intentionally continue to pursue this calling that he has given to us. And it will mean that in some situations, we need to shift focus and energy and effort from things that are focused currently on our own comfort and satisfying the desires that we have to focusing that attention and effort on the people who don't yet know him. Again, our needs are real and they are significant, but the needs of the people around us are dire and he will call us increasingly to make changes in that direction. And so what's the first step that Jesus is calling you to make, to make him known? Again, maybe as I've been talking, there's someone that God has placed in your heart and mind, and this person just keeps coming to your thoughts. Maybe he's inviting you to be more intentional in the way that you share the truth of who Jesus is with that person. Maybe for a long time you've been fighting Jesus on a particular calling that he has for you to pursue him and to walk with him faithfully. And maybe today's the day where you just say yes to Jesus in this particular thing. Maybe he's inviting you to be more intentional in the way that you pray or, supp or support our global partners or the Alliance Global Advance Fund. Maybe there's something else that he's placed on your heart and mind. Let's just take a few minutes now just to reflect and to make commitments in our hearts around the things that God is inviting us into. And if today you're not really sure what God is inviting you into, just maybe spend a moment and just ask him, Jesus, is there something that you want for me in this space?
And so, Father, we come to you. Lord, we ask that you would do the unique work in our hearts and minds that only you can do. Would you break our heart for the things that break your heart? Would you move us forward in you in the ways that only you can? Would you encourage us and strengthen us? Would you lead us and would you guide us? Would you make us the people of your heart's desire and give us clarity on how you are calling us to make you known in our lives, in our neighborhoods, in our places of work, and all around the world? We are so grateful that you trust us with this. We pray, Lord, that you would help us to be faithful to you and to this unique calling that you've given us in this season. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. And again today, maybe you're here and you recognize that you don't yet have a relationship with God through Christ. And as I've been talking about this, something's stirring in your heart and you want to know more or you want to begin that commitment. I really want to encourage you, if you want some time and space to just process the idea of what it means and looks like to follow Jesus, we'd encourage you uh, to connect with our Alpha ministry that takes place here in the landing, just uh, behind us here uh, on Thursday evenings. It's a great space to have a meal together and just to a dialogue about the things of the faith in a non-threatening kind of way where you're just free to open and share your thoughts and opinions with others. And also today, if you just want to talk with someone or pray with somebody about this, there'll be a number of people at the front following the service. They'd love to pray with you and help you continue to navigate what God is saying to you as well. But again, as a church, what we have in Jesus is so good that we dare not keep it to ourselves. And so let's follow him. Let's walk with him. Let's be willing to make the sacrifices that he's inviting us into. Let's be bold and risk-taking. Let's pursue him passionately and well. Let's trust him so fully that we are willing to take steps out into things that seem even uncomfortable for us, that we can move forward with the truth of who he is. Let's walk with him into the fullness of what he invites us into. As we sing the final song together, I just want to encourage you just to stand and just to engage with it. And let's just make this a moment where we say to Jesus that we are willing to walk with him in whatever he wants for us. As we go about the life that he's given to us or in whatever other risk-taking spaces he's calling us into.